My guest today is uh, Bart Sabral, and you may uh, remember him as the time where he approached uh, uh, Buzz uh, uh, Aldrin and he asked him to put his hands on the Bible to swear as if they had landed on the moon. He went around talking to a lot of people. I think there was even a documentary about it. And then Buzz Aldrin got upset and punched him in. If you've ever seen that clip, that's the individual I'm, I'm interviewing today. He just recently wrote a book called Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. He was also the infamous man uh, behind the, I'm sorry, the show, the man behind the infamous Funny things happen on the way to the moon. He does not believe we landed on the moon. He thinks it's a hoax and a lot of other things are hoax. We're going to see if we can figure this thing out by the end of today's interview. Having said that, Bart, thank you so much for being a guest on Valuetainment. Years have passed, articles, videos, many people, powerful people have come out and said, Bart, you have no clue what you're talking about. Tell us why you were so convinced that the moon landing was a hoax and what gave you this idea that it was a hoax? Well, I grew up as the biggest supporter of the moon landings. My dad was in the Air Force. He was an officer. Uh, he got a packet at the time of the alleged moon landings of publicity, nine by 12 color pictures. I had them up on my wall for 10 years, saw them every day from the age of four to 14, which is 3,650 times. And then um, I saw a television show with this gentleman by the name of William Casing on it. He worked as a contractor for Rocketdyne during the Apollo program for six years. He had very high security clearances because he would edit communications going from the top generals back and forth to correct their grammar and everything so they wouldn't look immature. And so he saw a classified memo from Von Braun, who said the odds of going to the moon successfully on the first attempt with 1960s technology was a one in 10,000 chance. And so he saw all these departments being shuffled around all the time, just as soon as somebody got their full understanding of what they were doing. They would shuffle everybody around. They were doing departmentalization so no one could see the full picture that the equipment certainly couldn't do it. I mean, here's the simplest proof. It's simply logical. What they're claiming is that they went a thousand times farther than they can send astronauts today 50 years ago on the first attempt with one millionth the computing power of a cell phone. I mean, when they flew across the Atlantic for the first time, a few years later, hundreds of aircraft and thousands of aircraft were flying across the Atlantic. When they went to the North Pole and South Pole here on Earth, they never made it the first attempt. It took multiple times. And there's never been a technological achievement that no one could repeat 50 years later. It's like me telling you, 50 years ago, Toyota made a car that could go 50,000 miles on a gallon of gasoline. And yet today, five decades later, their best car can only go 50 miles per gallon or 1,000th the distance. You would laugh and say the original claim is preposterous. And so here we are 50 years later, and now the farthest they can send an astronaut to the moon is 1,000th the distance that they claim to have done on their first attempt 50 years ago with less computing power than a cell phone, one millionth of the computing power. It just doesn't add up. It's the only technological achievement that could not be repeated 50 years later. It's never happened. It's also the only time that they deliberately destroyed a technology. I mean, the B-52 is 70 years old, and there's still 200 of them in service. And yet they admit they destroyed all the Apollo equipment, and they're claiming they have to go back to the moon and recreate it from scratch. They destroyed all the original videotapes, all the original blueprints. You would never do that if you really went. You would only do that if there was a fraud and you were trying to cover your tracks. So. I started looking into it at a 14-year-old thinking, hey, you know, maybe this guy's right. I was open-minded 14-year-old. And then 10 years later, I'd become a filmmaker and I was editing uh, for the filmmaker who had produced the show I saw 10 years earlier. I said, do you remember that guy in your show who said we didn't go to the moon? No. 
called the San Francisco production office. I did. They said, hey, look, if you called one or two days later, we wouldn't be able to tell you because we're deleting all 10-year-old archives. So I called up the guy. He said, hey, you know, you're a filmmaker. You should do a film about this. I took off about six months. I found out that two of the three astronauts on the first mission never give interviews. I found out that uh, the administrator of NASA resigned days before the first mission. It's kind of strange before you're putting this big feather in your cap. I found out that the Soviets had launched the first satellite, the first animal, the first man, the first woman, the first spacecraft, the first of two spacecrafts at the same time. And they spent 500 hours in space for every 100 hours in space. And they never went to the moon. And then I look at these shadows. You know, I'm a filmmaker. My job is to make fake scenes look real. And I can tell you from showing you one simple photograph that that the moon landings are shot with electrical lighting. I mean, if you go out in sunlight, I can share my screen if you want. Shadows always run parallel. You and a friend go out on a sunny day and you'll see your shadows will never intersect. But in some of the moon pictures, they intersect at Do you have degrees. the pictures to show us to explain what you mean by it? Yeah. Well, Take the lead. Let's see what you right. have. Let's, let's, uh, and, and folks, if you're watching this right now, put a thumbs up if you believe moon landing happened. Put a thumbs down if you don't believe it happened. If the topic interests you, smash that subscribe button. But uh, Bart, show us what you mean by this lighting. So here is a picture that I took in sunlight. You'll see that the shadows, because the sun is about a thousand times bigger in diameter than the earth, that it casts shadows in the same direction over an entire continent, right? Here's a picture that at NASA claims was taken on the moon, okay? Here you see the shadows are from an object about five feet apart from one another. Here's the astronaut shadow going at 12 o'clock. Here's the shadow of a rock about five feet away. It's going at uh, nine o'clock. I mean, this is one, this is all the proof that you need that the moon landings are fake. My job as a filmmaker is to make fake scenes look real. I use electrical lighting all of the time. And when I looked at those pictures uh, 10 years after I had heard Bill Casey on television for the first time, when I was a professional filmmaker, I said, these things are guaranteed 100% shot in electrical lighting. I mean, there it is right here. This is all the proof that you need that we didn't go to the moon. And then in the course of making a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, we found classified footage of them faking part of the photography right in front of your eyes. I can share that now or share that in the future. Uh, Show it to us. Show it to us. You're on a roll right now. Let's see it. Okay. You just messed up with our head today, but go ahead. You're on a roll. Okay. Well, here is, um, here's what I, when I popped in this tape and what was on the label of the tape and what was uh, actually on the tape. Of course, this is, this is in a copyrighted film from me. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. I popped in this tape and researching my film, and it said, do not show to the public, okay? Mind you, I had asked them for all the footage from just the first mission, figuring if they faked it, there are more, they were more likely to have made a mistake the first time they faked it. So I pop in this tape, it says, do not show to the public, right? And then I'm going to queue up the uh, next shot of it here. And then I see this particular shot here of what is allegedly the blue earth floating in space. Because at this point in the mission, they're supposed to be 130,000 miles away from the earth. And this is allegedly with the camera up against their window, shooting the earth far away, which it's not. They were on the rocket, but they never left earth orbit. And what a surprise. Here we are 50 years later and they still cannot send an astronaut beyond Earth orbit. Isn't that amazing? I mean, when... Good question. When they were doing this, were you following the whole thing from the day they left to the day they landed on the moon, or no? Well, I was only four years old at the time. I investigated this 30 years after the fact. Okay, so if you investigated, here's a question for you. So when they left, this this is a, a, a... When they left to go land on the moon, from the day they left Earth... When did they land on the moon? How many days did it take that they landed on the moon? Well, they allegedly left on the 16th of July, 1969, and allegedly landed on the moon four days later on July 20th. This was the only fake footage that the astronauts faked themselves. 
Now, the, basically, I've gotten the same footage over and over again. I asked for unedited footage, but I didn't get any except by accident. Bill Casing thinks a whistleblower from NASA sent me this footage intentionally. Okay. The, so when I hit fast forward in the machine, I kept seeing this same shot for the full hour, which is kind of odd. Why would I see this little shot here of the Earth floating in space for a full hour? Because it was a special effect shot that they were trying to perfect. So I, I rewound the tape. I hit play. Now I'm going to put uh, the speaker up by my microphone so you can take a little listen. And I heard the CIA talking to the astronauts on the tape. Take a listen. Okay, so you just heard NASA talking to the astronauts. Hey, the TV picture looks great. Then there's a four-second delay. And then a third party, the CIA, says talk. And then the astronauts answer, hey, the TV picture looks great. Well, they're really in Earth orbit. So they heard them right away. If they had answered right away, it would give away the fact that they're very close to the Earth. So they had an earpiece in. And basically, they were instructed not to answer NASA until four seconds went by. So first, they were at, asked the question. They counted off four seconds. The CIA said, talk. And then they started answering to give the impression that they were far away from the Earth when, in fact, they were still in Earth orbit, which is where they stayed the entire time. And they claimed, as you'll see from the next clip, or I could uh, show that that talk one more time if you want to hear it. Yeah. Who quickly prompts them with? You can edit this out if you want. This is from my documentary. Armstrong speaks. So whoever's saying talk, they're crystal clear. NASA has that radio EQ. The astronauts have that radio EQ. But whoever said talk, you know, that's uh, the CIA. They're very close. So basically, they're trying to create a fake radio. Now, device. why are they doing that? Why? Are they, what's the motive to fake this? Okay, because they can't leave Earth orbit. And so they have to show footage as if they've left Earth orbit. Okay, so if you go to the next clip here, right? This is of them claiming to be 130,000 miles away from the Earth. We only have one uh, window that uh, has a view of the Earth, and it's filled up with a TV camera. Okay, he just said they only had one window that faces the Earth, and it's filled up with the TV camera, right? Which it would have to be. If this is really the Earth floating in space, then they have to have the camera's lens up against the window in order to shoot this, right? Here he is claiming, first he claimed that the lens of the camera is up against the glass to shoot this. This is allegedly the earth floating in space and this is space around it. But you'll see in a minute, this is really the circular window of the spacecraft with a section of the earth outside of it and the cameras pulled back at the, at the back of the spacecraft with all the lights turned off, all of which they talk about because they thought these private conversations would be edited out. Let's take a listen of him claiming that he's 130,000 miles away from the Earth or halfway to the moon. All right, you're just in Apollo 11. in from about 130,000 miles out. Okay, yeah. so right now he's claiming that this is 130,000 miles out, that this is the Earth floating in space, right? And that... Um, he has the camera up against the window's glass. Hold on. Let me try to put these side by side. Okay. So here he is claiming on the left-hand side that this is the earth floating in space. And he also said that the camera is up against the glass of the window, but look on the right-hand side where the recording they thought stopped, but it kept going. They also say on the tape 
that this is for playback later, meaning it's not live like they claimed. Now take a look at the image on the right-hand side instead. Okay. So here you see the real position of the camera. This is the footage that we uncovered that they said at the beginning, do not show to the public. This is proof that they're faking being halfway to the moon. Here's a work light inside of the spacecraft. They put a crescent piece of material inside the window to make it look like the Terminator line between night and day. Here they are removing part of that. Those are the astronauts in front of the window removing. This is a one-foot model of the Earth. You see that? Then we see the iris open up, and we see the real location of the camera being at the back of the spacecraft. You see that? So they just faked, they just faked being halfway to the moon. See, they, this is really the window of the spacecraft in Earth orbit with the bright Earthshine coming through. But over here, they claimed it was the Earth floating in space. Do you see that? We have the unedited version. That's why it said at the beginning of the film, you know, do not show this to the public, right? And, you know, they're claiming that they're 130. How'd you get this footage? Well, uh, Bill Casey believes a whistleblower from NASA sent it to us. So basically, three and a half years into the seven-year project of making a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, I discovered this footage. This footage of the crew of Apollo 11 faking being halfway to the moon. Now, why are they faking being halfway to the moon? Because they cannot go halfway to the moon. If they could really go, we'd be seeing the real Earth out the window, and they wouldn't be faking a one-foot model of it like they're doing now. So if they're faking being halfway to the moon, it means they cannot leave Earth orbit. And what a surprise, 50 years later, they cannot leave Earth orbit. It's largely because of a radiation field that starts at about 1,000 miles up that they would have to go through in order to reach the moon. That radiation field is 25,000 miles thick. And the only time in history that someone has said to have gone through it is the Apollo astronauts to the moon and back. And NASA's own Kelly Smith says that the technology to go through that radiation has yet to be invented. I can show you a clip from that if you'd like. All righty. We are headed 3,600 miles above Earth, 15 times higher from the planet than the International Space Station. Now, what he's talking about is when they sent an unmanned probe into the middle of this radiation field. we get further away from Earth, we'll pass through the Van Allen belts, an area of dangerous radiation. Radiation like this can harm the guidance systems, onboard computers, or other electronics on Orion. Naturally, we have to pass through this danger zone twice, once up and once back. Just like they did when they allegedly went to the moon. Orion has protection. Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. But Orion has protection. Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. But Orion has protection. Shielding will be put to the test as the vehicle cuts through the waves of radiation. Sensors aboard will record radiation levels for scientists to study. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. We must solve these challenges before we send people through this region of space. So Bart, go. Okay, so the point about this is you can edit some of that out. I didn't. Basically, he's saying we must solve these challenges before we send people through this re region of space. Okay, so basically the guy just said that the technology to go through the radiation belt has yet to be invented. First, he called them dangerous radiation. This was from an unmanned probe. I believe it was in 2016, the Orion Project. Okay. They sent an unmanned probe up there with two Geiger counters. They said it, it's dangerous radiation. And he says we must solve these radiation challenges before we send people through this region of space. Meaning the technology to send human beings through the radiation field has yet to be invented. You see that? So I call up NASA. I said, let me talk to this guy. I'm a journalist. He said, oh, no, he didn't talk to journalists anymore since he made that mistake. And I said, well, send me these Geiger counter readings, right, of the, of the radiation belts. And they said, that's classified. I said, wait a minute. You sent probes to the sun. 
to find out how much helium is in the sun. Those measurements are just nature. They're not classified. You sent probes to Jupiter to find out how much hydrogen is in Jupiter's atmosphere. That's just nature. So why would the amount of radiation in this radiation belt surrounding Earth, why would those measurements be classified? Because if they released them, it would prove that they're deadly and they cannot go to the moon. So basically, I found this footage in making a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. And it proves that they're basically faking being halfway to the moon right in front of your eyes. And then we have the audio of the CIA telling them how to do it because they're still in Earth orbit. So if the radio signal goes up and back from 250 miles up, they'll answer the question right away. But that would give away the fact that they're not 130,000 miles away, as they claim, because it would take the radio signal more time to go out and come back. That's why they had the earpiece in, and they counted off four seconds for them. NASA said the picture looks great, 1001, two, three, four, talk, and then he answers right after he was prompted to talk. First of all, NASA claimed there's only two people on their channel. That's a lie, because there's the third party prompting them to not speak until four seconds go by. And why would they do that unless they're faking an increased radio delay? Then we have NASA, about five years ago, admit that the technology to go through the radiation belts has yet to be invented. And no one asks, well, then how did the Apollo astronauts go to the moon and back? And then you just, you know, when they made the atomic bomb 10 years later, it was like 100 times more powerful. And another 10 years later, it was 1,000 times more powerful. This is the only time in world history that technology has gone backwards. If they really went to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth the computing power of a cell phone, they would have been on Mars 10 years later. They would have been in another solar system by now. And there'd be- but Bart, let me ask you this. Moon. Let me ask you this. So, okay. So just, just for everybody, are you, are you a flat earther yourself or no? No. Why would the earth be flat? That's a, that's a ruse to discredit people. Who no, know no, I'm, I'm just asking you. Are you. So the audience know this. You're, you don't believe the earth is flat. No, not at all. Okay. I mean, the, when Bill Casey was first on the Oprah Winfrey show, he was my original source at NASA. And he said they faked the moon landing in order to discredit him. They said, oh, then you must believe that the earth is flat also. You know, I mean, come on. It, the shape of the earth doesn't have anything to do with the corruption. Let of me the continue. Government. Let me continue. So, so a few things. I'm going to take both sides of the argument because this is how I get to the truth. So I'm going to give arguments from both sides and then you, uh, uh, you know, give your uh, rebuttal to it and we'll go from there. When, when he said there's one in 10,000 chance in 1969 technology they can land on the moon, one in 10,000 is not a big number. Just so you know, like in my mind, I don't go like, you know, because winning the lottery, say one in 6.8 billion, whatever the number is, that's like ridiculous. One in 10,000, you know. Uh, back in 19, what is that paper done in 1903? The New York Times said the chances of man flying a plane will take a hundred years of what you've, you've read the quote before, which is like mathematically impossible. Then nine months later, the Wright brothers flew plane. So that one, I would set that part aside. 10% of Americans today believe that man never landed on the moon. So this is not Actually, like a that you're quoting. A, an, unfortunately, that's a survey. They always quote when they do an article about the people who, who think the moon landings are fake. That, that's from 22 years ago, because the correct survey today, which they don't want to show, is one out of four people. We already have three out of four people. What do you get that survey? I'm sorry? What do you have that, for you to say the correct one is one out of four, what, what's the source? Oh, it's, there's been multiple sources on that. The, the problem is they're quoting an old one in order to diminish the growing number of people who know that the moon landings are I know, are what fake. I'm saying is, what's the, what's the updated one? Who, who is the... What's the credit? I don't know. You have to, you have to, I have it linked uh, in the references of my book. I don't have that at hand at the moment. The, the point is that this is the first time that technology has gone backwards in the history of the world. Now, it's impossible. It's impossible for technology to go backwards. How can we have 1,000 times greater? We have 1,000 times greater capability yeah, in, distance, in distance to the moon. 50 years ago. It doesn't make any sense. So I'm looking at 10%. And, PC mag is 10%. Uh, yeah, but they're, they're quoting this is a from Gallup 2019. Poll. They're quoting a Gallup poll from 1999. They quote the same one all the time. No, in 1999, the, the Gallup poll was 6%. So 1999, if you can pull up this thing so we can show it as well while we're doing the editing. In 1999, it was 6%. Today, it's 10%. But still, what I'm trying to say is 
10% is a big number. That's not a small number. 10% is still a big number to say 10% believe this never happened. I, there's some names that always pop. I think Whoopi was on the list. Steph Curry was on the list. There's a lot of people on the list of, can you tell me big, credible mathematicians, doctors, you know, uh, uh, famous power politicians, presidents who don't believe this event took place? Any major names that support that yeah, this never Bill happened? Yeah, Bill Clinton. On page 156 of his book, My Life, he tells a story about uh, when he was working with a carpenter back in 1969. He said, uh, hey, you know, to the carpenter while they were building a house, Bill Clinton said to him, hey, in the moon landing grate, the carpenter said, I don't believe them. Those television people can make you think one thing when they're really doing something else. And then he said, after spending eight years in Washington, he came to believe that the old man was ahead of his time, meaning he also agreed that the moon landings were fake. It's very simple. There's no independent eyewitnesses, no, no independent press coverage. You know what I mean? It, it's like uh, they have a TV picture completely controlled by the federal government and three government employees of the, of the alleged greatest event in human history. I mean, it's unbelievable that they're claiming that they went a thousand times farther than they can go today 50 years ago with one millionth of computing power that they have today. It's a preposterous claim. If it wasn't for people's emotional attachment to the patriotism or they, it becomes a religion for people. Look how great science is. Look how great we are. They would accept, they would already acknowledge it. Can you, can you walk us through what happened with the Buzz Aldrin incident? You were, you were trying to do a, uh, you were setting them up. You were speaking to a few different people. Kind of walk us through what happened on that day. Well, let me, let me go back a little bit to the, to the progress here, even though we're kind of doing this out of order. Uh, basically, when Bill Casey first suggested that I do a film about this, right, which is when I was 24 years old, it was about 30 years ago, I turned it down because I saw the shadows intersecting. I saw the Soviets were more advanced. I saw two of the three guys don't give interviews. Uh, the administrator resigns. They but by the way, who are the, the two, two guys that didn't give the interviews? I'm just curious. Well, Michael Collins and Neil Armstrong. They only make very brief anniversary remarks every, you know, you know, 10th anniversary or something like that. Buzz Aldrin does, you know, all the talking for them. And I find that kind of odd. If there were, you know, three people who, you know, won a great sporting event and and two of the three refused to ever talk about it, I would find that kind of strange. And if the administrator of that sporting event resigned a few, you know, uh, weeks before the first mission or first game of that series, and there was, you know, all this suggestion of fraud, I would find that suspicious. I mean, that photograph of 90 degree shadows from objects five feet apart, it's electrical lighting. There's no way to duplicate that in sunlight. It's impossible. It means they, those pictures were taken here on Earth. So, but I'm telling you, 30 years ago, it scared me because I personally, I have kind of a, a relentless personality. And I also love puzzles. We were talking about games before we got started. I love games and puzzles. And I said to myself, Patrick, I said, look, if anyone could figure out whether we went to the moon or not, would probably be me. And I said, you know, it looks like there's a good possibility that the missions were fraudulent. And so I turned down the project. I said, I want to have a wife and a family someday. Why should I risk my life for other people's mistakes? So I turned down the project. And then another client of mine, a Christian client said, Hey, I'll get one of your scripts, uh, Mr. Filmmaker to a famous Hollywood producer. If you do me a favor, I'm like, sure. They said, read the Bible. So I started reading the Bible, June 5th, 1989, the day the man stood in front of the tanks in China. And it was a one-year Bible divided into 365 reads. And over the next five years, I read the Bible five times from cover to cover. And after that, I realized, you know, there is a God. There is good and evil. There is a judgment for how we live our life. And I said to myself, if they didn't go to the moon, that's more profound than if they had actually gone. Think about this, Patrick. Let's say they could go to the moon. That would have a certain level of significance to mankind. But if they couldn't go, they lied about it. They murdered people to keep it a secret. That's more profound than if they'd actually gone. And I said, if they didn't go, this is important for mankind to know. Otherwise, we won't grow. We won't learn from our mistakes. We'll, we'll be stuck in this corrupted world. 
So I called up Bill. I said, I changed my mind. I decided to make the film anyway. Well, let me tell you, these films cost $1 million. And we were financed by a board member of an aerospace company who builds rockets for NASA. He knows from an engineering point of view that we didn't go to the moon. And he said it was his patriotic duty to finance these films to expose this fraud. Okay, that's who financed our movie. A board member of an aerospace company building rockets for NASA who knows they didn't go to the moon. Plus, I had a guy who worked there for six years who said we didn't go to the moon. But I still said, well, maybe we'll find out. But when I found that footage of them faking the shot of being halfway to the moon with the CIA telling them how to do it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they really didn't go. And then it got, you know, even worse. Then I found a source. Okay who was actually there at the time that they filmed it. Now, this is what I'm releasing in Moon Man for the very first time. He was personally there at a particular United States base, military base, and he stood beside President Johnson while they filmed the faking of Apollo 11, June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. We're going to identify the code name for the Apollo project, the military base where it was filmed, and a list of 15 people. He was the chief of security at this base, and, he, and they said only these 15 people were, are allowed in to eyewitness this event. He had that list, and he gave it to me. He confessed on his deathbed that he was there, and some of these people are still alive today. And then in the course of finding this you know, footage, this proof that we didn't go to the moon, you know, my phone calls were interrupted. I started being followed. And at one point I was literally kidnapped and drugged by, I presume the CIA to the point where they were asking me questions. I, they gave me true serum or something. Uh, I told them everything they wanted to know. I escaped. I took my urine sample to a lab uh, to prove that I had been drugged illegally by this, some exotic true serum drug. I call back, uh, or actually a friend does, because I was trying to not show if they were listening to my phone conversations that where I'd gone, but somehow they found out anyway. When my friend called the lab to get the results, they said, well, we had a problem. And I said, well, what was that problem? They said, well, there was a break-in over the weekend in our lab. And they said, the only thing stolen was your urine sample. <laughs> you know, so all of this, you know, it leads up to the second film, Astronauts Gone Wild, where I just had the thought, you know, from TV shows growing up, hey, why not ask somebody to swear on the Bible? So we tracked down uh, a lot of these Apollo astronauts and asked them to swear on the Bible that they walked on the moon. Most of them would not do it. One of them, of course, you know, punched me. One of us, one of them kicked me. One of them threatened to shoot me. One of them threatened to hit me. And one of them, when I was in their house and they literally physically kicked me from behind when my back was turned right after they said they're not a violent person. So they can't even lie, not lie for five seconds. And the commotion, we left a wireless microphone on them. Do you have footage right. of all this stuff? Do you have a... Yeah, it's, it's an astronaut's gone wild. They have it queued up right now if you want to take a listen yeah, to it. Yeah, you got it. I'd love to see it. And uh, basically... Um, let's see, and right. you own this footage, right? This is your footage. Yeah, this is my, my copyrighted film. And so basically we left a microphone on this guy, my camera guy and the commotion of being threatened to be shot, left the camera rolling in the back of the car. And when they went back inside their house with the doors closed, we heard their private conversations. And, you know, cause these are high quality microphones. They work for quite a distance. And when the uh, production secretary who was transcribing all the interviews with the astronauts, a month or so later, she calls me up very excited, says, Bart, Bart, do you know what they're talking about in your in their house privately? You know, when you when the camera was still recording, I said, no, tell me. She says, they're talking about calling the CIA to have you assassinated. I said, yeah, that, that's funny. She says, no, Bart, no, I'm serious. I said, yeah, that's really funny. She says, no, Bart, you're not listening. I'm being serious. And sure enough, they're discussing calling the CIA to have me assassinated. I'll cue it up right now. The question is, if they really went to the moon, why would they need to call the CIA to have a journalist who's completely wrong assassinated? Right? So let me uh, cue that up for you here. I have it here. And here it is right here. On what do you think, here. Eric, George, what do you think? Did man land on the moon? 
mean, I can go with either one. I mean, I'm not All righty. So here's a clip from Astronauts Gone Wild where you can hear no. that live microphone. And I'll uh, play it for you now. And there you have it. Do you want to call the CIA and have him whacked? Let me turn it up again. That's That's whose voice? That's the voice of the astronaut and his son talking inside their house. Which astronaut, Collins or Armstrong? That's Edgar Mitchell. That's Edgar Mitchell's voice. Yeah. Now, the question is, if I'm a silly conspiracy theorist and I'm completely wrong, you know, then why would they have to call the CIA to have me assassinated? Right. Uh, again, if, if I'm a conspiracy theorist and I'm completely wrong and it's silly, why would they have to call the CIA to have me assassinated unless I'm a real investigative journalist and covering a genuine and outrageous government fraud? The same way with Buzz Aldrin. OK, if he really walked on the moon, me saying otherwise is like throwing a feather at the guy. Why would someone become violently angry for throwing a feather at them? But what it was like is like me walking up to him in the company of his wife and saying, oh, how's your mistress? She says, hello. Then he gets angry, and that's exactly what happened. I exposed his fraud. I exposed this guy's fraud, and that's why they become so violent, because they're known you know, as heroes. And that's you know, the sad state of our country. They gave congressional medals of honor. They had ticker tape parades for these guys, right? And some people say when you just see their expression, from the press conference, they're convinced that they didn't go to the moon because they look like they're at a funeral. And so this is what Moon Man is about, not only how and why we didn't go to the moon, not only about my crazy adventures of being kidnapped and drugged, not only about naming the military base where it was filmed, the dates, the code name, and a list of 15 people who were there. It's, it says, look, they're, they're, these people and their apprentices are still at large running our government. This is a dangerous. Mark, what, when did you get that audio of Edgar Mitchell? What he said? Uh, that was in 2003. And what'd you do with that audio? Well, we put it in the film, the follow-up film called Astronauts Gone Wild. No, did uh, you ever give that to the, did you ever approach anybody and, and, you know, share it with, you know, the cops or anybody just to say, here's what was said or no? No. However, when my source Okay, about naming the base, okay, the code name for the military base and the list of 15 people who were there at the time, some of whom are still alive today. Okay. And when I named all of this, I confirmed this with that person's surviving family member. And when I did that, a couple of days later, their house was broken into, even though they had a security system with cameras. They were somehow disabled. Somehow they knew their password. Everything from their house about their relatives' involvement in the military and at the space was confiscated. And two or three days after that, they were visited by two government agents who threatened them and their family members with death if they ever spoke to me again. At that point, I contacted the White House press secretary I contacted a United States Senator on the Select Intelligence Committee, and I contacted the FBI near where this person lived to give them protection. I mean, this is a very serious thing. You have to understand Ralph Nader, okay? He wrote a book in the 60s, Unsafe at Any Speed, right? And the CEO of General Motors, James Roche, admitted that he had Ralph Nader followed by former FBI agents, right? simply to not spend money to put airbags in cars. So if I am exposing the most horrendous government fraud, at least emotionally to the public, I think they might keep up with me and my sources. And that's why I was drugged. That's why this person's life was threatened. That's why all these things happened. I mean, I'm sorry. I I really wish we went to the moon. Our world would be a much better place if people didn't have their emotional attachment. I mean, it's, it's like a religion to people. How dare you say 
that the great moon landings are fake. You know, it, it's unbelievable. We right now we have 3,000 architects and engineers, right, who will go on the record and risk their lifelong reputations and say the three buildings on 9-11, it's impossible for them to come down with fires, especially the third one. And yet 20 years later, nothing is done about it. Three quarters of the American public says Oswald did not kill Kennedy. Nothing is done about it. We have John McNamara admitting that the Gulf of Tolkien incident that led to over a million people dying, they completely made that up. It never happened. And it's like, why is nothing being done? We have William Benny, who worked for the NSA for 30 years. He says they listened to United States president's phone calls, Supreme Court justices' phone calls, Senate and Congress members' phone calls in order to get dirt to, to blackmail them to voting a particular way. They admit it. This is even on a couple of mainstream media outlets. They admit this is a fact. There's not a single congressional hearing done about it. You would. Well, because the, the evil people who run the world and our government are so entrenched, they, they own the FBI. They own the Justice yeah, what's the Department. Big deal they own this? The if this never happened, what's the big deal? Let's just say it never happened. What is the big deal about us proving that this never happened? Well, if you go to chapter 11 of my book, Moon Man, you see what the Achilles heel of all this is. I agree with you. Okay, they fake going to the moon. So what? You know, and if. It weren't true what I'm about to tell you. I would agree with you, okay? But the fact is, they murdered the crew of Apollo 1 in order to go to the moon. Apollo 1 was going to be the first crew to walk on the moon. And they were murdered on January 27th, 1967. It's not my opinion. It's the opinion of the dead man's widow. It's the opinion of the dead man's son, who was a 747 pilot. They have investigated it for decades. They are 100% convinced that that fire that killed the man and two crew members with him, the man who would have been the first man to walk in the moon, that that fire was set deliberately. The Basically, Gus Grissom was the commander. He was the most beloved of all the astronauts because of a mercury problem. He splashed down. The explosive bolts went off. His spacecraft flooded. He admitted at the press conference he had rolls of nickels in his pockets to give to his son and school children to say this nickel has been in outer space. But when he started sinking to the bottom of the ocean with all that extra weight, he said, you know, maybe it wasn't such a great idea. The press corps laughed. And then somebody asked him, they said, were you afraid? And he said, Patrick, of course I was afraid. And everybody loved him. He's telling he was the biggest critic of the Apollo 1 program. He wrote to his senator, he's wrote to his congressman, he wrote to every general saying they're not fixing anything. A few minutes before he was burned alive, they couldn't get a wired intercom to work between two adjoining buildings. He said, guys, how are we going to go to the moon in two years if we can't get an intercom to work between two buildings? He said, I can't hear you. The intercom's not working. You see, and so he told his wife, who I interviewed extensively, okay, that the CIA was all over the launch pad the day before the fire. The CIA went to his house and confiscated all of his critical reports he was filing with Congress before they even informed his widow that he was dead. They murdered the Apollo 1 crew because he would not cooperate in faking of the moon landing. So the reason why... This is a conspiracy, obviously. This has not been validated or it's not been... This is a conspiracy. You're saying that they murdered the three, Gus, uh, Edward, and Roger. Well, it's not a theory. This is this is the valid, lifelong opinion of Betty and Scott Grissom. They have done thousands of hours of investigation. I'm just sharing their opinion. Their opinion is the Apollo 1 fire was set deliberately. Okay, right? And they have forensic evidence to back it up. So... Why would they burn alive? Why was the CIA there the day before the fire? Why would they kill these three men and then later fake the moon landing? Because he wouldn't cooperate with it. That's why. He, was, he, was, he hung a lemon the size of a grapefruit at the top of the spacecraft a few days before he burned alive. He said, this thing is a lemon. He said, we're 10 years away from going to the moon, not two. And he, he complained thousands of times, you need to fix this, this, this. They never fixed any of it 
because they knew they were only going into Earth orbit and they had not yet informed the astronauts. Same thing with Barron. He was a whistleblower and he did a report, two reports for Congress saying, you know, this, this is not going to the moon by the end of the decade. And yet they claim they did something. You know, they're, they're claiming they need 15 years to return to the moon with five decades better technology than when they had an eight-year goal to go to the moon. <laughs> Before cell phones and microwave ovens, they could do it in eight years. Now, 50 years later, it's going to take 15 years to go What's to the moon. What's the argument they're making today why we can't go back to the moon? Why we haven't been back to the moon? What's the argument? What are they one. making? But they, they're making an argument. What's their argument? Well, they said they destroyed all the technology. Therefore, they have to build it all again. Well, it only took them eight years last time. You don't understand. I, I mean, Reagan said they'd go back to the moon in five years. Never happened. Then the president after him, Clinton, said they'd go to the moon. Never happened. George Bush Sr. said they'd return to the moon in five years. Never happened. George Bush Jr. said twice they'll go to the moon in five years. Never happened. Obama said we'd go to the moon in five years. Never happened. They said we're going to send an unmanned probe. And they said they're going to send an unmanned probe to orbit the moon. And that never happened. They said that in, in uh, 2016, by 2018, we'll have an unmanned probe going around the moon. That never happened. They can't even do that. Did, I Trump, mean, did Trump ever say we're going on the moon? We're, we're going to. Um, I think he set the goal of 2024. And they just said about, I don't know, three or four months ago, they can't do that either. And China, which is the most industrialized nation on the planet, says they need 15 years minimum in order to go to the moon. So how come they could do it 50 years ago in eight years, and now with five decades better, better rocket and computer technology, they need twice the time to go to the moon? It, it's illogical. There's never been a technological achievement that no one could repeat 50 years later. Never happened. Just crazy Which questions means for you. It was fraudulent. Loch Ness Monster, conspiracy or real? I have no idea. What does it matter? <laughs> I'm curious. Bigfoot is Bigfoot. Well, I mean, you know, theoretically, they're, they're discovering, I think, in the ocean about 10 new species a day. And they've been doing that for the last 50 years. So theoretically, I suppose there could be a, you know, a theoretically prehistoric creature deep down somewhere that's still alive that people don't know about. Megalodon. Is there a Megalodon or you, you believe there's still a Megalodon out there or no? I don't know what a Megalodon is. What is it? You've never seen Meg? The Meg? movie? You've never <laughs> no. seen Meg? Listen, Bart, what are you doing? You're missing out on some great... I, I'm uh, writing books and making star, movies. you know, <laughs> uh, movies out there. <laughs> uh, my, ki my kids would tell you it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Here's another question for you. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a man who believes in God, but what do you say to people that say, let me get this straight. You don't believe man landed on moon, yet you believe in a God you've never personally, physically met before. What do you say to that? Well, I've said those people need to read two books. The first one is called Privileged Planet, and the second book is One Cosmos Under God. And they will see that mathematically, the odds of there being life on Earth or anywhere in the universe is not likely at all. It's like winning the Powerball 20 times in a row. Remember, what the government says is generally the exact opposite of the truth. They're trying to tell you that there must be life everywhere, but these two books show you there shouldn't even be life on Earth, that it has to be by design. There's no other explanation for it. Things don't make themselves. Cars don't make themselves. Look at our body all the departmentalized organs doing their job, the ear, it's, it's obviously designed. Now, whether you can understand it or not, doesn't matter. Intellectuals get so prideful. They say, well, if we can't comprehend it, it must not be true. Well, my dog, I can open the hood of my car and say, this is the alternator. This is the starter. It will never understand a spark plug, but it doesn't mean that the engine wasn't designed by an intelligence higher than itself. So the, the fact is logic says they didn't go to the moon because it doesn't make sense that they could go a thousand times farther than they can go today, 50 years ago, with one millionth of computing power of a cell phone. That's completely illogical. It's the only time in history that technology went backwards. It's the only time in history that a technological claim couldn't be repeated 50 years later. You have an audience of two people here outside of you and I. <laughs> From the beginning of the interview to today, Eric, does he have, have you at all convinced that there's a possibility that the landing never happened, moon landing never happened? No, he hasn't changed your mind? So you think it did happen? I think it's like more likely that it did than it didn't. More likely that it did instead of didn't. This is a Marine, by the way. George, you're, you don't believe it ever happened. So we're 50-50 right now. We're 50-50. Yeah, but he, he also has not watched 
I, I, I would guess. Ask a, ask the believer if he's watched the funny thing happened on the way to the Have map. you seen the funny thing happen? George, you've seen it before? George, have you seen it before or no? He's never watched it. The one who... There you go. Well, four out of five people who previously thought that the moon landings were real, were real reversed their opinion after watching a funny thing so happened. So then how about the we do today. this? How about we put the link to both the documentary and your book below for people to be able to go order for themselves but, do their but the thing is, all you got to do is put up sabrell.com they can order the book the book is interactive the book has 15 video links in it and it basically i do a chapter or so i say look stop watch a funny thing happen on the way to the moon so you know what i'm talking about stop watch astronauts gone wild stop watch nasa admit the technology to leave earth orbit does not yet exist watch nasa admit that they destroyed the technology. I mean, imagine Bill Gates spending $200 billion to build the first computer, and he, when he was done, throwing all the hardware, the schematics, all the records of it into the fireplace. It would never happen. They should have done that with the atomic bomb, but they didn't. So why would they, if they really went to the moon and spent $200 billion in today's dollars, why would they throw that away? They would never do that. But the fact that they did is proof that they didn't go, because if they really went, they would never do it. And if they were covering up the fraud, that's exactly what they would do. So there you go. There you go, folks. If you're, uh, uh, I'm actually really curious to know what the commentary is going to be. If you if you flipped anybody in the last 45 minutes to an hour that we've been together, but regardless of it all, I uh, have more information on this topic than I did prior to coming on and uh, interviewing you. And it's always a good thing. We're going to put the link below to your website where people can go and get all this content. Uh, uh, from your site. Having said that, Bart, thank you so much for being a guest on Valuetainment. No problem. Appreciate you. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Are you convinced that we land on the moon or no? Has he gotten you to flip to the other side? Were you thinking that way anyways? Curious to know if you thought, yes, the moon landing is fake, like you're agreeing with him, give it a thumbs up. If you disagree with him, give it a thumbs down. And I got two other videos for you to watch. One of them is with a gentleman I spoke that talked about space as well, Michu Kaku. Fascinating interview. And there's another one I did with Stephen Greer, who talks about an experience he had with aliens. Very interesting doctor. Click here to watch that as well. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.